When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast. What is up, college lacrosse fans? This is episode 80 of the Lax Factor Podcast. Today we have uh, Tuesday action to talk about. I was originally going to talk about Saturday, more of Saturday and Sunday's games, but that's done. That's behind us. We had crazy things go down on Tuesday, so we're going to talk about that. Before I do, I got to get that cheddar. So sideline swap, best place to buy and sell lacrosse gear, hard to find college lacrosse gear, pre-owned heads, shafts, helmets, and more up to 70% off retail list gear collecting dust in your garage if your parents and you have kids playing club ball resell their old gear and then use that money to help fund their new gear because you know how expensive it is to have your kids play lacrosse club lacrosse and all of that good stuff so make sure that you use sidelineswap.com or you can go to the link in the description below uh, but we thank them for sponsoring the podcast sidelineswap.com and now let's get into this first game i wanted to talk about maryland Maryland goes toe-to-toe. What I should really say is Villanova goes toe-to-toe with Maryland, and it was Villanova's famous for this now. Two years ago, Villanova beat both Penn State, and it wasn't the, the, this edition of Penn State. It was a Grant Amentless Penn State, but still a very good team in Penn State. So Villanova beats Penn State, and they beat Yale two years ago, and Yale won the national championship that year. And then last year, they beat Yale again, and Yale was one of the finalists uh, last year. So they have a, a penchant for upsetting really good, very highly ranked teams early in the season. And, and this season, obviously, now is no different now that they've dropped mighty Maryland. And it, it's it, the problem here for Maryland, and I said this in a lacrosse group yesterday, uh, and, and a guy got mad, but I said Maryland's inability to put four quarters together finally bit them in the ass. We, you know, I was hoping that it wasn't going to just because I like to see good teams play great lacrosse, and uh, in this case here, it did. And one of the comments that somebody posted in there was, at what point was Maryland not playing in this game? He was trying to imply that Maryland played hard this entire game. Listen, I'm a coach or a former coach, and coaches look at this as if you have a third and a period over the third and fourth period. What happened here goes back and forth. Villanova jumps out to a 3-0 lead. Maryland scores the next two. Villanova takes a 4-2 lead. Maryland ties it up four up. It goes back and forth. Score at one point in the second is six up, and then at halftime at 7-6, one goal edge by Villanova. Villanova scores the first goal of the third. Maryland uh, chips back. So it's eight, seven, and then the wheels fell off for Maryland. Maryland has had these periods where, Hey, it's a close game. And then all of a sudden they go to sleep and they let teams open up bigger, larger leads. It happened with Richmond. They came back and won though. It happened with Penn. They came back and won though. In this game, they mounted a comeback. It just didn't work out. So the score goes from eight, seven at seven forty-seven. Anthony DeMail scores, makes it eight, seven, and then it goes nine, seven, and then it goes 10, seven, and then it goes 11, 8, and 12, 8, and 13, 8. I mean, it just, it went off the rails here between the, the 747 in the third and 834 in the fourth, that whole period. So about a full quarter of lacrosse, the score went from 8, 7 to 13 to 8. That's bad. 
that's almost a full quarter, you know, a full period of time that they're not playing their top ball and they're letting another team kind of spread things out on them a little bit. One of the issues, turnovers. Maryland had 21 turnovers over the course of the game. I believe 10 of them were forced, either eight or 10 of them were forced, and the rest were just unforced turnovers. Um, the other problem, goalie saves. You know, when anytime you have a close game like this and you look at the goalie stats, both goalies played well, but in a case like this, the other team's goalie, Vitone, he has two more saves than Brandau, and that ends up being, you know, one of the differences in the game. Usual suspects for Maryland, once again, showed up. Logan Wisnowskis, 4-1, Jared Bernhardt, 3-1, DeMeo, 1-3, but for uh, Villanova, it was no different. Connor Kirst, three and two. Keegan Kahn, two and three. Patrick Daly, three and one. So, I mean, Villanova's got a bunch of guys that can play ball. On the goalie front, Brandau's not bad. 13, uh, 12 saves against 13 uh, goals against. And then Will Vitone, the difference, 14 saves versus 12 goals against. So that extra save there, and he had a save late that kind of, uh, he had a save late at about third uh, three minutes left in the fourth that prevented Maryland from getting within a goal a little bit earlier in the game. That save forced Maryland to still try to get back to that one goal uh, uh, deficit, and they didn't do that until about a minute and 20. So it ended up causing Maryland to just run out of time, which is what happened. But that save by Vitone at about the three-minute mark or so, three minutes and change, let's call it, that was uh, the big difference in the end. So it, it's just crazy to it's crazy to see. And one of the other odd things is Maryland did win the faceoff battle. Maryland won the ground ball battle, and but Villanova still was able to play ridiculous defense. They their turnovers were what was crazy. Patrick Kennedy forced four turnovers. Owen Probleski, uh, man, that's a tough name. Probleski, I think it's Probleski or Probleski. Yeah, uh, he had two forced turnovers. Brody Laporte had two. So they forced. Let's see here: eight, nine, ten, eleven. 11 turnovers on the, of 11 of Maryland's 21 turnovers were caused by Villanova. So that was a big deal here. And that's kind of how they flipped the faceoff battle was by simply playing really tough defense, forcing Maryland to turn the ball over. And then Maryland helped them out a little bit by turning the ball over themselves. One of the things I said on Saturday or on, in uh, Monday's or Tuesday's show, the last show, was that maybe Maryland plays better when they play fast and loose because, you know, Maryland did a good job uh, over the weekend of taking care of the ball. And then when, you know, they, they mounted their comeback over a period where they actually turned the ball over quite a bit more. And I thought, well, maybe them playing fast and loose is, loose is kind of what they need. And that's not the case in this game because uh, they turned the ball over a lot and then it ended up not being enough and they couldn't climb back. It wasn't for a lack of trying, though. They did kind of mount their typical, hey, we're now down by how many goals here? We're now down by 13 to 8 with 838 left to play. They score with 803 left. Dylan Daniel Maltz, 13 to 9. They score with 717 left. Uh, Bubba Fairman from DeMeo, 1310. Bubba Fairman scores with a minute 20 left, 1311. And then Wisnowski scores with 38 seconds left. Maryland did get the ball back, took a timeout with 14 seconds off a faceoff turnover, uh, off the ensuing faceoff after Wisnowski's man up goal. And they had a look and had an opportunity. Fairman turned the ball over. I actually haven't seen the tape yet. I've only kind of gone through the play-by-play, so I didn't see the situation in which Fairman turned the ball over. I won't see that until later today. But 
Either way, it, it was pretty incredible. It was a heck of a game. Villanova coaches and players had to be kind of on the edge of their seats, freaking out here as this game was winding down because, you know, Maryland has been the cardiac, has been the, the team that's, uh, you know, pretty much given all of their fans heart attacks. And then they just keep coming back and, and winning games. And probably uh, Villanova was afraid that that was going to happen in this game, especially once Maryland has the ball with 14 seconds left. Does Maryland have a little bit of magic left in the tank? And they didn't. No more magic left in the tank for Maryland. They fall 13-12 to in this one. So, I mean, hats off to Villanova, though. Hats off to the coaching staff. Hats off to the Villanova defense for playing like a bunch of crazy people and uh, pretty much beating Maryland at their own game. Uh, another interesting game was Army. Uh, against Marist, playing at Marist. So these are two upsets on the road midweek. That's why Tuesdays are awesome. And Army goes on the road, and I expected Army to, honestly, there was a part of me that expected Army to beat Marist up. I was waiting for Army to at least have a closer game and for them to not blow out a good team. But uh, there was no question that Marist was a good team. They beat Binghamton 12-4. You know, that's not lighting the world on fire or anything like that, but that's handling your business against a lesser opponent. They lost to Richmond 13-11. to No shame in losing to Richmond. They're a very solid lacrosse team. So I figured uh, Marist was going to be solid, but Army has made a business so far this season of beating up on solid lacrosse teams, and on this day, not so much. Marist put the big hurt on them by a score of 17-9, to and kind of as we go through here, I mean, it was close early again through the by the end of the first quarter. The first quarter was crazy, by the way. At the end of the first quarter, we had 10 goals scored between the two teams, so that was pretty insane, and this is one of the games that I actually did watch yesterday while I was working, and uh, so the end of the first quarter, boom, we're in business here. It is to 5-4. Marist was winning the game, but then uh, second quarter, totally different story. Second quarter, Marist, actually, it's not even the second quarter. Uh, At the end of the first, Marist scored the last goal to go up six to four. And then the second quarter, they score one, two, three, four, five, six, seven goals. Let's say between the end of the first and the halfway through the third, they scored eight unanswered goals. And they opened themselves up a 13 to four lead with nine, 12 remaining in the third. And, you know, at that point, it is really hard to climb back from a lead like that. So it goes 13, five, 14, five, 14, six, 14, seven, 15, seven. It just goes back and forth all the way up to 17, nine Maryland uh, uh, army ends up losing this game. And as I'm looking at the stats here, you know, Army, Nick Turn, once again, Nick Turn's not putting up goals, and I don't think he had a goal this weekend either. I think Nick Turn uh, was 0-3 this weekend, and Nick Turn was 0-4 in this game. Four helpers. He took 12 shots and uh, didn't, didn't score on any of them, and only two of Nick Turn's shots were actually on cage. So whether they were deflected, I can't remember as I watched the game. But So I had said earlier in the season, Army is a ridiculously good lacrosse team, but my only worry with Army is that Army is only as good as Brendan Nickturn is. And that's not true. Listen, I'm not trying to take away from other players, but Brendan Nickturn, uh, to me, seems to be this team's best player, or he's at least one of their mo- most dangerous offensive weapons. And when your most dangerous offensive weapon is taking 12 shots and only putting two of them on cage, you're going to struggle. Uh, a lot of people are rejoicing in this because a lot of people kept saying, you wait, it's going to catch up to them. And and now a lot of people are taking this as Army's not as good as as what uh, has been advertised so far in their first three games. I posit you should not say that. I am a Syracuse fan, for instance, as you all 
sadly no, because I tell you every opportunity I get. And Army is coming into the Dome to play Syracuse on Sunday. I was afraid, I was very afraid of Army as a Syracuse fan before this Marist game. I am equally as afraid, if not maybe a little bit more afraid, as Army playing Syracuse in the Dome on Sunday now that they've lost this game to Marist. I don't think this speaks at all to the quality of, of team that Army is. I think that every team, sometimes you just play a team where that day you have bad matchups, that day you're just not in flow. Could just be a bad game plan issue. You know, you never know what the issue is with these things, especially where the scores end up just turning. If they lost a one goal game, none of us are all that surprised. Why we're surprised is that they they got shellacked. But what I'm telling everybody who's now doubting Army because Marist beat them is don't do that. Marist is a quality lacrosse team. Army is a quality lacrosse team. And that day, Marist was just better. You watch. Army will come into the Dome, and they are going to play Syracuse extremely tough. And I would not be the least bit surprised to see Army come into the Dome and beat Syracuse. These things happen. And more importantly, Army specifically... Pretty much everybody that comes to the Dome seems to play Syracuse tough when uh, they come to the Dome to play. I don't know if it's just cool to play in the Dome and guys get up for that kind of thing. I think some of it may be there's probably a lot of Syracuse kids on all of these teams' rosters, and they're coming home to play a team that they grew up watching, and I think that helps a little bit. So I remember uh, a kid that I used to coach, uh, Nick Morabito, he played at Navy, and I remember watching him the first time uh, get to come and play in the Dome, and knowing Nick growing up, knowing how much Syracuse lacrosse he watched, that had to be really cool for him to go into the Dome, and I forget what he did. I want to say there was, you know, he probably played there twice over his career, uh, but I think the game that I watched, I watched every time that, that he played pretty much on TV, I tried to watch him. But I think that day in the in the Dome, I want to say he put up like three goals and four. He had a big, big day at the game. He was like four-point game, five-point game, something like that. So anyway, local kids love to come back to the Dome and play, and local kids will often have career days. I think one of the big stories here is in Army's blowout wins, their goalkeeper, um, Schupler, had been stupid hot. Schupler was putting up 70-plus percent save percentage. I want to say a save percentage over their first three games was like 78% or something ridiculous like that, and he did not have that type of day this day. He put up, puts up 10 saves versus 17 goals against, so it looks like that stretch between the end of the second and the, or no, the end of the first and you know halfway through the third is probably where he had a rough time and didn't make those saves that he's been making so far. So point being, do not count Army out because of this. Army Army could very well still win their conference. Army could still very well make the NCAA tournament. And most likely, I think that Army is going to make the NCAA tournament. They have a really good chance of winning their conference. And uh, they could, they're going to make noise. They're going to beat more good teams. And I just hope that they don't beat Syracuse. Uh, that's my thing. Sorry, Lenny. That's the truth. You know it. You know it. I don't want them to beat Syracuse. But you also know I like to see the uh, academies do well. So... Uh, very just crazy. And then one of the other things for Marist, uh, 17 to 28 to face off dot. So that ends up helping them GBs. They did well. Uh, uh, Peyton Smith face off guy has 10 ground balls cause turnovers, seven cause turnovers for Marist. So overall Marist just put it together and they had themselves a great game in terms of uh, points and things like that for both teams. Uh, Miles Silva for army. He has five goals. Nick turn goes for four assists. And then it was really quiet for many everybody else. So that kind of hurts them too. Matt Manown, one and one, uh, Connor DeWitt, oh, and two. So some of the guy and O'Brien was really quiet. They held O'Brien to one goal and he's been doing really well. And for Marist, we end up with uh, Embury Jameson, four and three. That's just a really lacrosse name, isn't it? Embury Jameson. 
I wonder what his nickname is. I'd call him EJ, I guess. Uh, actually, I'm not supposed to do that. My son's initials are EJ, and that was part of the agreement with my wife that we would never call him EJ if we were going to name him what we did. Um, so, yeah, Jameson, he goes for three and four, uh, four goals off six shots. That's uh, super efficient right there. Uh, Pereka Jojo, that's a cool name, too. Two and three, Jake Weinman, three and oh, Joe Tierney, two and one. So Marist, just everybody showed up for Marist across the board. And then the Marist goalkeeper, Jake McGregor, 16 saves, nine goals against. So he he played the way that everybody expected Schupler to play. Uh, you flip that script, boom. Now this game's back in Army's favor. It's a little bit closer. That was not how it went down that day. Once again, Tuesday. Tuesday is for upsets. So that proved to be pretty awesome. Now, the only other thing I'm going to cover today here is is uh, Princeton. Princeton Colgate. Mike Sowers goes for three goals and 11 assists in the Princeton Colgate game. Now, listen, Colgate's not lighting the world on fire. They're 0-3. Princeton is now two and zero with wins over you know two fairly mediocre teams or you know less than mediocre teams, but uh, still they're two and zero right now, and that's what Princeton needs needed to make sure that they were going to do. They need to handle their out of conference business. They need to pull an upset or two within the Ivy, and Princeton could maybe make noise. I think one of the things here, and one of the things I heard people in the forum say about Sowers was, and this was actually before today's game. I saw someone talking about how. The it must be nice to be able to pad your stats like Sowers has against lesser opponents. And that's crap. That's a stupid opinion. And it means that that person has no idea about college across because I saw on Twitter somebody clap back and say that Sowers – Uh, that nobody in NCAA lacrosse over the course of four years has scored more points against top 20 opponents than Sowers. He's averaging, I think it was five plus points per game against top 20 opponents across all of those games. Mike, Mike, listen, Mike Sowers is the best player in college lacrosse. You can put Grant Amet as a very close second right behind him, but I don't think there are many that would dispute that Mike Sowers is the best college lacrosse player right now. And, and, and you look at the resume here. You know, Amet has had some pretty ridiculous seasons, but if somebody wants to say it must be nice to pad stats against crappy teams and they want to put that against Amet, you have to then put that same uh, that same measuring stick against, uh, or you want to say that about Sowers, you have to then use that same measuring stick against Amet because Amet too has put up 10, 11, 12 point games, uh, you know, in absolute routes and blowouts. Granted, he's also done that in closer games as well, but Mike Sowers is, he's a ridiculous lacrosse player. He is an all around lacrosse player. He's much more of a capable of being a 50, 50 lacrosse player. And uh, so I, I, it makes it sound like I'm trashing on Amet, and I always say I'm sorry I'm not. What I do hear, though, is that Mike Sowers gets no respect. Mike Sowers is not talked about. Princeton is just hasn't been the Princeton of old, so Princeton doesn't get a, a lot of TV coverage. They're rarely on ESPN. I'm telling you, if Princeton is on ESPN and you get a chance to watch a Princeton game, do it because Mike Sowers is crazy. Anyway, 14 points. That is crazy. I want to say that may be a points record for Division One. It may be him breaking his own points record. I know he tied his own points record over the weekend with 11. Uh, so 14 points is pretty damn crazy. And it pretty much he assisted most of their goals, obviously, here. Uh, early, he's, he assisted over half of their goals and then and then scored three of them. But we look at the the, the other guys that kind of filled in the, the, the box score here. Jake Stevens, Chris Brown, Philip Robertson, they all put up hat tricks. And, uh, and then the Princeton goalie, Eric Peters, better than 50%. Uh, no, he wasn't. Just a hair below 50%. 10 saves. And the, the Colgate goalie, Lully, 
he actually played well too. 18 saves versus those 20 goals that he gave up or whatnot. But anyway, Sowers is not going to win the Twarton, I do not think. But I think that what we're seeing here is a coaching staff that did not turn this kid loose last year. And I think it ended up cause, you know, costing Sowers a little bit in notoriety. And listen, the sport of lacrosse is not about notoriety. And certainly Mike Sowers is not about notoriety. But this kid deserves it. And if half if if turning him loose on the lacrosse world like Penn State turns Amet and O'Keefe loose on the lacrosse world is what it takes to to turn some heads so that people start noticing Sowers, I am all for it. So yeah, you don't ever like to see guys put up eleven that many goals, but the reality is this was a closer game throughout than that twenty to eleven score indicates. So there was no world in which they were going to say, "Okay, hey Mike, you need to stop now." They needed Mike to get that spread, make sure they beat this team. And sadly, in the lacrosse world, margin of victory matters a little bit. So, you know, it's one of those deals where if they didn't, let's let's say they feel bad, they take Sowers out and, you know, there's only a six goal, seven goal spread at that point, or they try to call the dogs off a little bit so that they don't look like they're letting him run the score up. That's dumb. This is college across. You know, it's more th- this sport, it, it, the college lacrosse is more important than any of the pro lacrosse Um that that's currently out there, at least to the fans. It's a much larger thing, a much bigger machine. So uh, there's no crying in lacrosse, man. If you can't stop a guy, then I'm fully cool with that guy trashing on you for 14 points, especially in a 20 to 11 game that where the spread occurred slowly but surely as they put Colgate away. So hats off to Mike Sowers. Congratulations to him on beating up on Colgate. And that's it. We have a bunch of uh, games that we're going to do for our preview show tomorrow. I'll kind of rip through here and then tell you what I'll probably end up previewing. It looks like I will end up previewing Towson Cornell for Friday. We will preview Loyola Rutgers. We'll preview Virginia Princeton because that was a really good game last year. The only reason Virginia pulled that out was because Birkinshaw stood on his head and then Ended up going back to the bench himself, and then Road ends up winning the natty for Virginia, and Birkinshaw is now playing goalie for Penn. And uh, what else will we do here? Uh, Maryland Navy, that's going to be a big one. The biggest game of the weekend to me is Penn State Yale and uh, Syracuse and Army. And then Duke plays Penn. So, I mean, there are a bunch of good games, but I'd say those are the three big cats. Duke, Penn, uh, Yale, and Penn State. Hopkins plays North Carolina. I take that back. There is a buttload of good lacrosse games here that we will preview in tomorrow's show. And, uh, it, you know, just be sure to come back. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. We are having a problem with our podcast software right now, so it didn't spit yesterday's podcast out into our feed. So we're working on that with anchor, Um, but always be sure to like subscribe, hit the notification bell, go to laxfactor.com to support us. If you want to buy or sell your own gear, if you want to buy used gear or sell your own used gear, make sure to do that at sidelineswap.com.com link in the description. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow, man. Come back, make sure you share this video and uh, we'll do this all again in the preview show tomorrow. Thank you.